Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Fourth of July. In today's gospel reading, it was a dramatic turn from the previous weeks, few weeks. Over the last few weeks, we've been hearing about Jesus' miracles in the faith that people had in him. We heard about Jesus healing the man possessed by unclean spirits. In the last week, we heard about Jesus healing Jairus' daughter, who with everyone thought was dead. Then we heard about Jesus healing the woman who had been sick for 12 years. These people had faith that Jesus could heal them. Remember what Jesus said to the woman, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And Jesus was surrounded by mobs of people and they were pressing against him. But they all just wanted to be with Jesus and listen to him teach and be healed. But in today's gospel, Mark kind of goes in the opposite direction. See, Jesus traveled back to Nazareth where he had grown up. If you recall, Jesus and Mary had fled to Egypt not long after Jesus was born. But then when it was safe for him to return, God appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him to return to Israel. So they settled in Nazareth. And in Matthew chapter 2, verse 23, it says, He went and lived in the city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophet might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. So Nazareth was a place where Jesus grew up. He was educated and his family was there. You would have thought Jesus going back to his hometown, the people would have had great faith in him, especially considering that they had heard of the work and miracles he had been performing. They heard what he had done in Capernaum and around the lakeshore. We would have expected people to be swarming him, would have welcomed him with open arms. Now, just this past week, I got to see a video of Bishop Quashi returning home. If you may recall, he had been in the States for the past four or five months receiving treatment for cancer. But thanks be to God, he has been healed and he and Gloria returned to his home in Jos, Nigeria. And the video showed him pulling up to the house with all his family. And if many of you heard stories of him, he has adopted like 60 plus kids. So there was a lot of people there. And the video showed him pulling up and everybody was waiting for him. And when they saw him, they began to sing and dance. And then when he got out of the car, they just swarmed him. They were so happy to see him. And when I read this passage this week, that was the type of homecoming I would expect Jesus to receive in his hometown. But instead of having a homecoming celebration, Jesus was greeted with contempt, rejection, and unbelief. And these are the same people that knew him from, from being a child when he was a child. And you expect them to open him with open arms and would want to hear every word he had to preach. But instead, they took offense to him. Now, if we look back at verses 2 and 3, went the wrong way. There we go. Um, Where Mark writes, where did did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, a son of Mary, brother of James and Joseph, and so on, and are not his sisters with us? Not a very welcoming homecoming. 
But see, first they questioned his authority of what he was teaching in the synagogue. Now Mark doesn't really tell us what he was preaching, but they still questioned it. And the people heard him speak with great wisdom. And they heard of his mighty works and healing of the sick. The evidence was all right in front of them. They heard his divine wisdom. They heard or had seen his divine power of the miracles that he had been working. Yet they still rejected him. In other words, they lacked faith. They could not believe that the man teaching and performing these miracles could truly be the son of God. So why did they reject him? First, they questioned his credentials. You see, Jesus didn't attend a fancy university or have any rabbinical training. So how could he have such wisdom? Or how could a carpenter of all people speak with such authority? Yet, you see, Jesus did not fit the typical or stereotype preacher that they were expecting to see. Instead of being a well-trained leader of the synagogue, he was a humble carpenter. And if you recall that Jesus tells us that he came to be served, he came to serve, sorry, and not be served. It was all part of the divine plan for him to take the form of a servant and minister to others. But instead of embracing him in the gospel, they rejected him. See, the rejection of Jesus continues today. Despite all the evidence we have, despite how readily available the Bible is to everyone, the world continues to reject Jesus and the gospel. It all can be boiled down to unbelief or lack of faith. So it brings me to a question to think about. Are there things in our lives that keep us from having faith? Maybe there's some spiritual blindness in our lives that's preventing us from seeing who Jesus is or how much he is working in our lives and how his power is working in our lives. Or maybe our pride is getting in the way of our faith. Now pride is defined as the first of the seven deadly sins being the inordinate love of one's own excellence. Pride will lead us away from Jesus. And we're warned of this in Proverbs 16:8. Pride goes before destruction and haughty spirit before a fall. When we have this pride in our lives, we are blinded to the wonders of Jesus working in our lives. It leads us down a path of destruction and weakness of our faith. We don't allow Jesus to heal us or work miracles in our lives. It prevents us from allowing Jesus to do that work in our lives because in our pride, we think we can do the work in our own strength. But we can overcome this by turning back to Jesus and trusting in him. He will heal those areas of pride when we go to him in faith. There is nothing in our lives that we cannot overcome when we put our trust and faith in Jesus. The same way that Bishop Kwashi and Bishop Iker put their faith in Jesus, and Jesus worked miracles in their lives and healed them. They put their trust in Jesus, and he was able to perform miracles. So we need to put, our, put aside our pride and put our faith in Jesus and not ourselves. We all know too well the mess we can make of things when we are working out of our own pride and without the help of Jesus. But whether it's pride or spiritual blindness, self-righteousness, envy, or maybe it's something else that's drawing us away from Jesus, Mark warns of the consequences of this unbelief in verses 5 and 6. 
I'll get this down eventually. <clears throat> and he could not do mighty works there, except that he laid the hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled at their unbelief. You see, Jesus was unable to do the work, do works there, like we had been hearing about the past few weeks because of their lack of faith. Now, if we lack faith and have unbelief, how can we expect Jesus to do marvelous works in our lives? But the good news is, it's not too late. It's not too late to humble ourselves before Jesus and ask for his help. But we need to have faith that he will do marvelous works in our lives. We need to completely surrender to the will of God. You see, when we truly surrender to Jesus is when we are freed. We are freed from the bondage of sin, addiction, pride, whatever is else there it is that was causing that unbelief. Will it be easy? No. The world and our flesh will always be trying to pull us back into that path of destruction. In today's world, it's getting harder and harder to be more and more, or, but we need getting harder and harder, but we need to trust more and more in Jesus. And be, so we are better equipped to fight those battles. And if we look back at the last part of verse three, we see that they, only, they not only rejected him, but they took offense. They were offended by what Jesus was saying to them and what he was teaching. Sounds familiar in today's world, doesn't it? People are still being offended by the word of the, or the true word of God. And let's face it, sometimes it's difficult to hear the truth, and sometimes it even convicts us. We're all human, and we're going to make mistakes and occasionally stray from living in a godly way. But that is where the word can remind us that we are getting off course and we need to correct our ways in all aspects of our lives. We cannot cherry pick what we like or what is easy or what is convenient. No, we must accept all of it, no matter how different it is from the world is telling us is acceptable. Because when we do that, we are truly not believing in the gospel. And St. Augustine put it this way, if you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it's not the gospel you believe, but yourself. That may be difficult to hear, but sometimes the truth is not easy to hear. The good news is we have hope. When we put our faith in Jesus, or as Father Greg stated last week, the always accessible Jesus, we have hope and can overcome these things in our lives that may cause us to turn away from Jesus, or worse, reject him, or be offended like the people of Nazareth. Instead, turn to Jesus, put your faith in him because he is gentle and loving God. He's a gentle and loving God. And we can change our lives and, perform, and he can perform miracles in our lives when we surrender to him. So as we celebrate the freedom we have in this country, this 4th of July, don't forget about the freedom we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I wish you all have a blessed and safe 4th of July. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.